What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Um, it's been a while since we've been able to talk to you guys. We have taken a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, call it a vacation. Call it a refreshing couple of weeks off. Call it whatever you want. But, uh, you know, it was nice for us to take a couple weeks off, reevaluate, and uh, take some time so that we didn't get burned out on delivering you guys a bona fide message of genuine conversation. And we've got another one lined up for you today. Um, We've got a, uh, a topic tonight that is we're all very passionate about, and we're excited to present some um, insight and perspective to you guys. Um, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, today's talk is going to be about masculinity, um, what it means to be a man in 2020, what it means to be a man, period. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. First off, I want to introduce our co-host. As always, we have the three legends. Uh, we've got Cameron Campbell. We've got Sir. Blake Manzer. And then finally, and least, we have Brian Edwards. <laughs> Brian, Brian Edwards. Last uh, and least. Brian, uh, you upgraded. You got a mic, dude. Or have you recorded yet with a mic? Yeah, you weren't here. I think I had one. That's right. Yeah, I think right. yeah, you've had one or two. That was episode awesome, 12 dude. when Garrett wasn't with us. The infamous uh, missing Garrett episode, right on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, good deal. So we have been getting better at our sound quality along the way. Um, hopefully oh, we're yeah. getting better on synth producing. But uh, anyway, fellas, you know how we're going to start. Brian, hold it up. What you got? So this one, I'm drinking out of a glass, but this is the can. It's called the Purist Clean Lager. So I like, mm. you know, light beers or stouts. And this one. I don't know. It tastes like a watered-down Bud Light. It's whatever. I did the whole go to the liquor store, pick out something random, see if I get a surprise and like it. I didn't like it, but I'm drinking it. So It's because there's only three carbs, you beta. Three and carbs. 95 calories, but it's organic. 3.8% oh, okay. alcohol. Cool. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Don't buy it. I don't know. Fair enough. My like it. Oh damn! So Interesting. we're definitely cutting off any possibility of getting sponsored by New Belgium. Then, camera, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, dude. Uh, I just got some water tonight. Right on the old. That's the October. Right there. Cheers, mate. Yeah, somewhat. Besides, yeah, two weekends to... ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, just trying to drink less during the week. You know, still having fun on the weekends and when I'm with the boys. But right on. A little water Beautiful. tonight. I feel it. Uh, Blake, what you got? All right. So I've got a, um, a creative little concoction that I brewed up here. I call it the vodka vitamin water. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I, I mulled over. Like blackout a, waiting to happen. I mulled over a name for a while, um, but, you know, settled, settled on something creative in my mind. Vodka water. <laughs> <laughs> no, vodka vitamin water. There's vitamins in here. It's for my Vitamin nose. vodka. Damn, I should have come there Vodka men again. water. Ah, I get it. It's fitting. Vitamin vodka. Eh. Vodka men. All right, All right. Garrett, what do you got? <laughs> All right, real quick, we got to touch on this. Um, so, tough weekend of sports, guys. Yeah. Really, oh, really tough weekend of sports. Um, I think we all got hit pretty hard. Um, 
the dogs, Georgia Bulldogs, they got embarrassed by Alabama this weekend. Yikes. Rough game. Um, Brian, I tried warning you guys that what was going to happen. Y'all didn't listen, but it's okay. No, Stetson Bennett threw three picks. That's what happened. They couldn't throw yeah. over the middle of the field because he's 5'11". <laughs> Dude, Stetson Bennett's a great – he's a great story. Um, oh, okay, cool. It's not a he's a great winning. He's a great story. Uh, I love that he's walk on. He's stuck with the sport. He's being rewarded for his hard work now. Um, but, dude, that's like the equivalent of me walking out there with my 5'11 average looking ass, uh, throwing some balls over grown ass six foot five, 300 pound men. Um, it's just, it's not going to be a recipe for a championship. And Georgia, every single year right now, they're competing for a championship. So uh, I encourage the dogs to see what else they got um, at quarterback. But, you know, the season's not over for you guys. Yeah. I, I, just one thing to say, and I won't touch on it much more. Um, I heard something today where, you know, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, uh, mm-hmm. Ohio State, Justin Fields, eh. Um, and then Bama, Mac Jones. But then again, Bama's Bama is kind of different league of its mm-hmm. own. All of them have high ceilings. And if you compare them to Stetson Bennett, do you really think like he's going to be the one that takes you? like that far or would you rather have some rough games developing somebody that is just naturally more talented like a JT or a Dwan Mathis and you know take the short-term hits to take you longer in the long run because Georgia football the past three years I mean we've gone to some big games but then we've flopped so I don't know change it up yeah no, absolutely, dude. It's uh, tough sledding right now for the dogs, but, um, you know, like we said, they, uh, the expectations are high, and uh, if they don't get to the SEC championship or championship game, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be rough sailing for, uh, for the coaches and, and everyone involved. Um, in my opinion, personally, what really devastated me this weekend, uh, my Atlanta Braves last night uh, choked. Damn. As I Yikes. choke up here, about to cry. Um, Yikes. They choked. And, um, you know, Atlanta fans all over the state, all over the southeast, are not surprised. As sad as that is, you know, we've dealt with this our entire lives, fellas. Falcons, dogs, bravos, up and down. I mean, we've just been heartbroken so many times. And I wonder when it's going to change. Like, when when is the narrative going to change? And when is Atlanta going to be – you know, taking over the sports world. Right now, we're the butt of the joke, and I'm not happy about it. Maybe the Falcons won. <laughs> somebody, somebody told me today. They said, uh, they said, I have a theory. Every time the Falcons win, all the other teams lose. And I'm like, the Falcons should have lost this weekend. Then taking one for the team. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're not a sports podcast, but uh, I just want to shout out the Bravos, man. This such a great year watching those guys play and hopefully some good things in the future. And all of you Atlanta sports fans out there who are at your wits end, just be patient. Um, and let's just, you know, stick to our, stick to our teams and hope for the best going forward. Be there for one another. Um, encourage one another, uh, talk them off the ledge, <laughs> you know, let's, let's, uh, let's get through this together. All right. We're not a sports podcast. So we'll, uh, We'll dive in a little bit here. It's a masculine so, way for us to start off. That's a very – you got that right. Very Alpha masculine. moves only. Um, so, yeah, like we talked about, tonight we got uh, masculinity is our theme. Um, four young men 
um, that hosts this podcast together, you know, it's something that we all kind of see through different lens. You know, we all grew up in different households, um, different familial backgrounds, you know, so we're all different in that way. You know, obviously we are from the same area. So, you know, take that with what you will, but we all offer different perspectives here. Um, and as young men, you know, we are right now building our own lives. Um, we are starting careers. We are starting families in the foreseeable future. We're making decisions now that will forever impact our lives. We're getting involved in our communities. We're starting to be leaders of um, other men and other people. So what better time than now to define what it means to be a man? Um, what are some, you know, why, why has it become a controversial topic to speak about, speak openly about masculinity? We're going to touch on that a little bit. Um, you know, what exactly can we do in the future to bring a shine, a brighter light on, on men, specifically good men. Um, you know, not all men are created, um, you know, good, uh, you know, so we're going to talk about all that today. Um, but fellas, I kind of want to get started off and talk about, um, why is masculinity under attack? Why is it that, you know, today it seems like you have to kind of take a back seat when discussions, you know, are brought about at dinner parties, at gatherings, and just kind of take yourself out of the equation just because you're fearful of, you know, stepping on someone's toes or just, you know, feeling like, you know, sometimes you're, I don't know, why, why is masculinity under attack? Let's, let's kind of talk about that and try and define that issue. Yeah, so I think a, a big reason why it's become such a controversial topic of, uh, in recent times is just how soft our culture has become. Life is life has become real easy for most people. Um, you know, everyone's got their own financial hardships and things like that, but it's pretty easy to to live as a human being today. The world, the world, all the corners in the world today are nerfed. You know, everyone, you gotta, everyone's always trying to, to protect someone from, from someone else. You know, we're, we're seeing that, especially right now with, um, you know, the whole coronavirus issue, trying to, trying to protect everyone as much as possible, um, you know, kind of clamping down on, um, everyone's safety. And, you know, that's, that's may not always be the best thing, right? You know, if you focus too hard on safety, then you, you start bringing in some, um, some restrictions, but. I think I think life is just it's become a lot a lot softer and um, yeah just just easier to get by compared to how it was maybe 50 100 years ago when you know it wasn't easy, as easy to survive. I got a uh, real quick Blake to add on to that. I got a quote for you. Um, this is just kind of oh like a old wiseism. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. We've got a lot of weak men in our culture um, who are grown, like you said, easy times. We're, we live in easy living right now. Um, and because of that, things are easier to come by and the problems uh, compound. So um, Blake, Cameron, what do y'all, what do y'all think about all that? You want to add? Yeah, I mean, going off what Blake was saying, I think it is a little too soft, a little too, um, a little too, uh, I would, I would, nursing, like it's, you know, nursing to those needs. And like you said, every corner's nerfed and, 
you know, uh, it's, it's almost like you have a, a motherly shield in, in culture today to like shield you from, from all the bad things. And, and there's a, I mean, it's all about balance really. And that's, what's so important. I think in a, in a two parent household is having that balance between the feminine energy of like caring, uh, you know, a lot about safety and everything. And then maybe the masculine energy of, you know, maybe proactive safety or then, um, just, you know, dealing with stuff as it comes, comes to you, but it's always about balance. Uh, and, and right now I'd say there's, there's an imbalance, a massive imbalance. Yeah. I haven't heard until today the, uh, that corner analogy, how the corners are nerfed, but personally, I think I learn my best lessons quite like literally falling down and fucking my face up or something <laughs> i can tell you three different times in college where i was doing some stupid shit and literally i have like scars on my face because of it <laughs> and that's how you learn by literally falling and you know fucking shit up and it's like all right well maybe that was kind of stupid and then you go and you kind of like learn and you're like all right well if i didn't do that then you know why wouldn't have happened so maybe going forward i won't do that but like Blake and Cameron said, the corners are nerfed. Like kids growing up nowadays, like with all the, you know, the tech and stuff, like they don't have the ability to go and, you know, physically actually, you know, fuck something up and see like, oh, maybe I need to learn, you know, stuff like that. So just not having rugged, you know, corners to, and like learning experiences. Yeah, I think it's that whole, um, like, everyone gets a trophy mindset. You, you don't want to make yeah. people feel bad. But the problem with that is, if if you don't know what it's like to lose, then you don't know how good it feels when you win. And so, you know, losing and failing is an important part in, you know, succeeding in things because you feel how bad that is. If, you, uh, if, if, you, if, if you're on a baseball team and the other team beats you, that's not a good feeling. And, you know, after you're going to do whatever you can to make sure that you don't have that same feeling again and try to try to win. And that, that seems like yeah. the mindset or at least a, an increasing in popularity mindset that's um, relatively new, I think, in our culture's uh, history. Yeah, I think the neutralness of it just really drives complacency, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd yeah, whereas... Go ahead, Cameron. Say it's built, yeah, I was just going to say it's built in a little bit in our education system. Like, just you think about, you know, how how soft everything is and, and how, I mean, of course, like, bullying's not good, but how, like, overprotective some people can be about certain people's feelings and stuff. Like, yes, your feelings are going to get hurt. Like, this is a part of growing up and part of, you know, becoming a better person later on is going through some of these hardships. So, yeah. And, um, and building on top of that, Cameron, with the education system, you know, that was actually kind of recently pointed out to me. Um, it's pretty interesting perspective, but it makes sense. Like, you know, think about it when you were a kid, you know, teacher, you know, you and a buddy would be wrestling or like chasing each other on the playground or like jumping on the monkey bars or whatever. And teachers are always, you know, just like, hey, you know, quit doing that. You know, quit chasing each other, quit wrestling. You're going to, you know, scup up your elbows, kind of talking like what you guys were talking about with the corners and stuff. Like, you know, boys – seemingly more and more by the year are disencouraged from acting like boys, you know, um, disencouraged from, you know, 
acting out their nature of competitiveness of you know desire to adventure a desire to you know just learn and, and like and just learn by failing like we talked about um i think that's kind of becoming a uh, very common more and more um, the- you know theme now like in households but also in school you know kids are boys are just disencouraged from acting like boys um acting out their nature um what do you guys think about that yeah this is a weird take but something i was thinking about like being like talking about like the education system i just picture uh macedonia elementary how many kids (laughs) ate shit on those monkey bars and how many (laughs) kids did we see with a broken arm or something like i would love to know and like i I don't have the facts or stats to back it, my <laughs> assumption, but right. I bet there's probably a, a fewer broken arms running around the playground if they even get to do that nowadays. You know? How many times did you eat shit on those monkey bars, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> All the times. <laughs> yeah, I definitely 100%. broke my arm once, at least once on the monkey bars. Yeah. Um, but don't worry. I broke my collarbone three times, dude. God, <laughs> Jesus. I actually did not know that. Wow. I mean, so, it's understandable. So because boys yeah. are pretty, we're pretty stupid. You know? Yeah, we, stupid, dude. We brought it's it on ourselves. Hilarious. <laughs> it can be very stupid, <laughs> and that's what, and that's what it's always good to have. Like I was saying, almost like that motherly shield. Like mothers and women are very good, and they have like an extra sense of like safety and precaution about them. Yeah, it's very good. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're like overly mothered, you know, if maybe you know, you only have a mother at home and then you're going to school and you only have female teachers and it's just like having mother all the time. And you don't really learn how to fail. And, and, and of course they, they can, you know, they're capable of, of letting you learn, you know, maybe more like a father would just letting you, you know, run into whatever you're going to run to. And then, then you'll learn your lesson. But, um, you know, it's just, it's all about the balance. Like I was saying. Okay. Something to, to add to that is like the modern family dynamic. I mean, we see the stats now. I don't know what the specific number is, but like roughly half of all families have like at least one side divorce or something like that. So there is like an absent view for kids growing up of what a solidified family dynamic looks like in this modern world. And, um, you know, whether it's an absentee father to where the kid doesn't, get a solid picture growing up of what it looks like for a man to not only like have masculine traits and stuff like that but to lead a family unit you know how we historically think of it all the way back to hunter gatherers you know stuff like that um so i I think that kind of feeds into what you're saying too and it's kind of interesting to think about yeah um so Absolutely. Let me get back on track here. Absolutely. Um, I think the family dynamic is, is a huge part of, of kind of where we are with, you know, this generation to generation um, lack of passing on what it means to be a man. Um, so I have a question for you guys, you know, with, with divorce at the highest rate it's ever been with families splitting up at the highest rate that it's ever happened um, with many guys growing up without a father in the household you know these people where do they learn how to become a man like how what platforms or you know where exactly do they learn how to grow up and and be a man like what are some examples i think role models are huge for Mm -hmm. me 
yeah. given my like family dynamic growing up. Um, so for those of you who like don't know, my dad passed away two years ago. So I had this weird view to where like I was growing up, and my dad has problems growing up, uh, alcoholism stuff like that. So kind of like a rough family dynamic, but still a family. And then you go to having a widowed mother um, and just kind of seeing that you growing up, I had specific role models of what I thought it was like to be a man and kind of drove my vision. And that completely affects like the way I think about it even to this day. And we'll get into role models a little later on. Yeah. Um, but really just like it can be a role model or it can be a book you read or just having some medium to explore that and define it for yourself yeah yeah i yeah, think definitely humans just naturally gravitate towards a role model and for a lot of lucky people that is their their dad um and for sure their mom too um but you know we we all gravitate towards one or or two people that we that we look up to and and try to model our lives after we we see their successes and we're like hey i, I want to be successful too how how can i be like that Mm-hmm. And and for some for some people who don't grow up with that in their life they 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 find some authoritative authorita- authoritative well wow, that was hard to say authoritative figure <laughs> <laughs> um and sometimes that that figure just isn't maybe isn't the best role model to look up to we see that a lot in inner cities um with the the whole dynamic there um but we all we all got to look up to someone and uh yeah. yeah definitely so for a lot of people it is their dad if they're not lucky enough to you know have a dad around that they can look up to uh it makes it especially hard if they had a dad that they thought they could look up to and then he lets them down like that's especially bad um but anybody around them that just like that they can gravitate towards and that's the problem with them not being like your parents and somebody that should really love you unconditionally is that they can they can do what i was just saying is you know you might think they're going to be the person that's going to be that role model or you think it's somebody that you can trust and then they turn out not to be and that can really mess you up as like as a younger person but um yeah it's um it's the people around them like brian said the books they read and stuff in like media just like you know you're always watching tv as a kid you know, all of us, no matter if you had a dad or not, like I had a dad, but I still found a lot of stuff in media and stuff around me to, to build my basis for masculinity off of like what being a man looks like, you know, cartoons, superheroes, stuff like that. Football yeah. players, you know, yeah. sports athletes. Cameron, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, looking at the landscape today, um, you know, not really us, but kind of like kids right now um, going forward. What do you think the landscape is like today uh, in media, whether it be social media, whether it be just pop culture with TV shows, movies, you know, all the things that are produced um, and put on Netflix and, you know, all that other stuff that's absorbed by people who are growing into the world right now. What's the landscape like for them growing up right now? And, uh, you know, what are some things that they might be learning that we didn't necessarily necessarily learn from uh, pop culture uh, when we were growing up? Just a decade or two ago yeah my take on it is a lot of it's kind of unhealthy with how yeah 
uh, social media is still like it's in its infancy. Um, you think about technology and how it exponentially grows. Like this is only the start. I mean, Instagram was in 2014 um, is when it really started picking up, but you just never know. And the point I try to make is like it's really important. And kids like between you know seven to fifteen, like they don't they don't have the life experience to know like how to properly develop their mind and the things that they spend time on every day is subconsciously like programming them. So I think it's like really dangerous, you know, climate today to where kids are so impressionable and the things that they dedicate their attention to are going to be the things and the habits they subconsciously have picked up and, you know, do in the years to come. Um, so I don't know. It's weird. I, I'm glad I'm not a kid in today's age. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the sheer amount of information that the younger generation is exposed to today is so much more than what we were exposed to. And we were exposed to an infinite amount more information than um, than what our parents were exposed to. And and you really uh, I was listening to a podcast last week um, and it was kind of talking about parenting and um, the effect like what what affects someone into adulthood and how it like um, affects their personality and for, obviously your your parents have a huge influence on who, who you become as a person but um, for the most part it's how you develop as a person is what you're exposed to growing up not just how your parents raise you but um, you know your, your friends uh, what you what you watch on TV or are exposed to on on Twitter or other forms of social media uh, the way that you interface with the world is, is what's going to shape you. And with, with how much media that, or the way that media in all forms dominates our lives today, um, has got to have a huge impact on the way that the current generation is growing up today. Okay. Um, real quick. Um, let's kind of get back to this like main question and let's just kind of wrap this up and we'll move on to, uh, defining masculinity. But, why do we think that masculinity is under attack? Why, what exactly has changed in our lifetimes that has created an environment to where being a man is almost frowned upon? Um, is it a political movement? Is it social movement? Is it, you know, the media that we consume? Is it our education system encourages it? Is it just bad men who are painting a terrible picture for good men uh, across the globe? It could be a, uh, you know, a combination of all those things but if you guys were to choose one or if we want to move in one direction or a couple directions what do y'all think it's the liberals uh, it's the what <laughs> the liberals <laughs> it's always dude it's always the liberals i mean let's be real but just like just kind of boil it down though i mean i think it's media think? yeah I think it's media and grabbing because i mean media makes their money off stuff that gets a lot of reactions and views and um, you know, different hits and whatnot. And it's easy to, uh, you know, call a man a pig or something like that and have that story blow up. And um, you combine that with like the modern feminism movement. Um, it's really easy for stuff like that to get blown out of proportion. And I'm not saying that sometimes like men don't do shitty things because we're all human. We definitely do. But I think just with media and the rapid like spread of information nowadays and the need to get 
you know, punchy headlines and stuff, it's really easy to shit on men today's society. Um, and I think media has a responsibility as we're seeing even nowadays in different subjects to, um, it's just what they push because it mm. gets a lot of attention. Yeah. 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 I, I think, think go ahead, go Cameron. Ahead, Cameron. Go. No, you can go ahead, Blake. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm going to be the, oh my God. <laughs> we're, we're not, we're, we're not, we're, we're not letting you guys wave each other through the stop sign and, and you just keep looking at each other. No, you come. No, you no, come. You go. Okay. Blake, go ahead, Manzer. All right. Uh, yeah. Just going off of what Brian was saying, a, a big part of it is media, um, mm -hmm. both in the traditional form and social media. And a lot of it is, it's just virtue signaling, uh, people trying to look good, trying to, trying to puff their chests, uh, so that they get, um, likes and retweets on on twitter or likes on instagram um and so you know sometimes they they do use fair arguments you know um with the saying that men men have started um all the wars which is kind of i mean while that's true that's kind of you know a low blow uh it just it's one of those one of those buzzwords but I, I think a lot of it is is just virtue signaling trying to make yourself look good in front of uh, the people who follow you on those sites yeah yeah, that's what yeah, that's what media has come to today with social media. And that's definitely bad for kids that are on it like very young and, and they don't understand why people are posting like what they're posting. Like now that we're in we're at an age where we can kind of decipher like, you know, that person's doing that for money. Uh, you know, that's it's kinda obvious like why people are doing stuff and what their motives are. Um <laughs> But then if you go back like to the earliest media and also what you said, uh, Blake is the, is liberals, the, the, you know, go back in history, the liberals of, you know, I'd say the sixties, uh, did a whole revolution, a whole cultural revolution happened in the sixties. Uh, and I think big part because of media, um, but also a lot of other factors. Um, but there was stuff like the sexual revolution, the modern feminism started, uh, in the sixties. Um, you know, a lot of stuff changed and I think a lot of ideologies were kind of not, not born, but put toward the forefront, uh, in like education systems and in the media and, and, you know, I think technology in the country was just progressing so fast that they thought, uh the culture should change too but there's so that there's moral and cultural values based in what in how the people lived in you know the 50s and then back before that in the 1800s like so but it the 60s it all changed with media and yeah um yeah, I think I think you guys are all spot on. I guess I'll try to offer a little bit of different perspective here. Um, I think to boil it down, I think men have just forgotten how to truly be men on like a grand scale. Um, I I think the easiest way to answer and solve this question is just to, you know, take responsibility for our own breed. I guess you know other men like. I mean, think about it, you know, like you mentioned the sixties, like things change, you know, um, cultural revolution. Right. And like, <clears throat> I think just over the generations, you know, as women have really fought really hard to, to progress in, 
um, society. I mean, it's, it's crazy the things that women are doing these days. I mean, it's awesome. Um, you know, there are some people out there who want to tear down uh, men as, as like a threat. You know, the way I look at it is I think men and women are just built different they're just built different, right? Like we have different yeah. chemical, physical makeups that, and, um, and we just, you know, we do better at different things and, and whatever. But besides the point, I just think that men just along the way have just forgotten how to be men. We've um, lost the ability to truly communicate with one another. Uh, we're looking to media, um, you know, to absorb our time and to, you know, um, chase this this complacent life this comfortable life these good times like we talked about earlier you know like we're not really concerned with personal growth we're just concerned with you know what are we doing this weekend and uh you know how what can i post on twitter that'll you know uh get a lot of likes and all that kind of stuff like that's the kind of stuff that we're uh worried about right now and uh i just think that mentality um along with just like a generation maybe a couple generations of just men forgetting how to be men um, i don't know exactly what the root cause is there you know maybe it's the fact that i, I have no idea i don't even want to speculate i really don't know but the agricultural revolution maybe dude More, <laughs> less less grocery less, stores less people are working on farm less guys working on farms and and learning work ethics less guys are going to war and learning uh learning what it means to be an American and, and loving their country and more guys are uh, living in the suburbs uh, in a, you know, affluent lifestyle with a spoon in their ass and they're learning nothing. Um, honestly, you know, they're just learning to grow up, go to school, go to college, get drunk and go get a job and die. <laughs> I mean, on, like seriously though, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. think about, think about our peers, you know, think about the people who have this mentality, like, there's just no, there's nothing more than that. And that comes down to absent fathers. It comes down to a lot of things, but we won't dive too deep into that. So we've all kind of offered our perspective there. What I really, really want to talk about today though, is defining what it means to be a man. Like, I, like we talked about earlier, we all have different familial backgrounds. You know, we all have aligned views on a lot of things, but I think we all offer different perspective on, our insight here just based on our experiences um the you know all all of the above so who wants to start off and talk about what it means to them uh to be a man and what masculine qualities um they think are important take it so what i kind of think is and then it's it's back to the family unit like mentality for me it's up to a man to you know obviously come together with a woman start the family if that's what they choose to do and then really just like work together with you know king and queen mentality to chart out their life see what they want to do maybe both of them want to work for 10 years you know put in some sweat equity um make a lot of money start a business do something like that and then raise a family, have the ability to, you know, kind of live life on their own terms. Um, and I feel like I'm projecting a lot of what I want to do in my life. Um, <laughs> Fair. But I, I just think it really comes down to having, being the head of a household, leading a family unit and, you know, creating a life with, you know, those in your family. Um, mm. I realize that's very broad. Um, no, that's, so. that's, 
that's awesome. Um, right on. Blake? Um, yeah, I think the, the tr- traditional nuclear family is, a, is an important part of, um, of, uh, of being a man. Um, some, some key characteristics that I think when I think of someone who I would want to look up to, um, just in terms of like masculine energy is someone who has like honor and integrity, someone who, you know, has, has a good set of morals, um, a basic structure that he, uh, bases his life around, um, and that he just, you know, some, someone who does the right thing, um, for, for not just himself, but for, for other people. Um, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. honor, I think is a, is a key underlying word there. For sure. I was going to say that I think, you know, one of the most important things, uh, a man can do like to be masculine is be a father. And that's right in line with what you were saying. Some of the things that, you know, you would want to see out of your father. And if you are a father, you should want to show to your children is the honor and the integrity and the things you do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think becoming a father is probably going to change our outlook on a lot of things, you know, it's probably going to bump up our morality in some sense, because we'll have a heightened awareness of, you know, children and, and the things, developmental things. And, you know, um, so I think it's very important, you know, to be a father, you know, and to, to be a good one to try and raise good children forces you to try and be a good person yourself. You know, can't raise good children, just be like, piece of shit really. <laughs> well, you can, yeah, but you know, you're gonna. Yeah, you can, it, it happens, you know, everyone's, right. yeah. Every scenario is different and you can turn out, you know, great and have a really bad, you know, starting, but, but yeah, the goal is to, a rotten, a rotten seedling raises rotten fruit, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Cameron. Well, if you're wrapped up, you know, a couple of things for me, you know, I think just after hearing all this talk, I mean, this is the one word that like has really been resonating with me and I'm sure with you guys, but like, I think what transitions a boy, a young man, whatever you want to call it into becoming an actual grown man it's one word. I think it's responsibility. I know that's super broad, super vague, but think about it. Okay. Think about, you know, being a college kid or being a high school kid uh, and just going through the motions, you know, uh, hanging out with your buddies, just like doing all the things that you want to do. Okay. And then, you know, going to college, you know, getting drunk, doing what, doing the things that you want to do, right. That, that favor yourself. They're, they're self-imposed ideas. Okay. Um, now, whenever it is that you decide to grow up, you take on responsibility. You start a job, um, you get a girlfriend, you get a wife, you start to have kids, um, you get a mortgage, you buy a car, all these things. Like you're creating responsibility by making these decisions. And because of uh, you making these decisions, you are living for more than yourself. You're living for others. Um, so, you know, responsibility is a huge thing for me. Um, that goes into everyday decisions you know whether it's you know you see a piece of trash on the side of the road and you decide to pick it up that's responsibility 
but that's also integrity, like Blake mentioned. You know, it's just like it's just those, those little things, okay? Like, you know, um, those good values, like you mentioned, like of, uh, of integrity and uh, integrity, God, <laughs> integrity and, uh, this, integrity. And, and all that. So I think responsibility is huge. I think it's so big. And, and, and if we talk about, you know, what's kind of caused um, this world of, of weak men, it's men who aren't willing to take responsibility. Um, you know, people aren't, who aren't, fo- willing- aren't forced to, you know, be responsible. Right. right. Um, absolutely, dude. And I think that's just such a big problem. Um, you know, and, yeah. and obviously I've had, I've had my stints with not taking responsibility. I'll take full full responsibility right right but dude i mean i just i don't know man like it's it, it, it's almost like like becoming a man like it just hits you like, i feel like you just kind of just wake up and like you you start making little decisions um uh that will lead you into this direction okay um you know one thing i think about is like you know people are a culmination of the decisions that they make big and small um, you know, whether it is you decide to wake up and run in the morning, you know, whether it is you decide to eat healthy, you know, whether it is you decide to go to church, start a podcast, play Xbox, whatever it is that you decide to do, you are a culmination of your, uh, choices that you make on a daily basis. Every small choice leads in a different path. Um, you know, so, um, responsibility is huge. Um, another thing I've been really thinking about recently. So, um, I don't know if you guys know Andy Frisella, but he had a really interesting podcast I listened to a couple weeks ago. Um, he calls it his equation to happiness. And I want to see what you guys think about this. Okay. So Andy Frisella, he's a you know big time influencer or whatever. Um, his equation to happiness is, um, if I can think of it here. Okay. Discipline plus purpose plus gratitude equals happiness. Um, I thought that was very profound because that's not like very typical, you know, um, but discipline, I think is huge. Uh, being able to have accountability for yourself and the decisions that you make purpose, you know, what's your life goal? What do you want to do with your life? We talked about that episode 10, I believe that's a big one. Go check out and gratitude, just being appreciative of yourself and the things around you, um, your life that you've been given the blessings that you have counting your blessings. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I agree. I I love discipline. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact of, you know, we have, we all have our, you know, the whiteboards charting the paths and whatnot, but you can have motivation for a month or two, but if you don't have the discipline when you don't feel like doing shit, it's, you're not going to get there. Like discipline is the builder. You know, it, it's the tool that gets you from A to Z without discipline. I would argue, I don't know, maybe you can go hit the lottery and get really lucky, but without discipline and the plan and the wherewithal to do it, even if when you feel like shit or I don't know, you, you don't feel like doing something, like if you can't address that right in the second and go and do that, you're, you're just not going to, you won't have mm-hmm. happiness because you won't get where you want to go and yeah. the path you charted for yourself. Yeah. I love Andy Frizzella. He's a huge hard ass. Um, I can't listen to him too much just because he's so intense, but has <laughs> solid principles. Hell yeah. One thing that, uh, that I just th- thought of, and Brian, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too, was um, like growing up in, in scouting. I feel like, I feel like that's a, 
um, a pretty good structure for for young men in developing them themselves into you know being being a good man. Uh, one of the uh, one of the mottos I always heard going through scouting was that it was a program to turn boys into men. You, know, mm-hmm. you start off in Cub Scouts, go through through Boy Scouts, and it and it gives you a, a good structure um, where you where you can take on that personal responsibility. You know, you're you're in your troop, you take on the role as um, a patrol leader, uh, as the head of your own little your own little unit. You step up to senior patrol leader, where you're in charge of that whole troop. And the whole idea behind that, at least in our troop, Brian, was that um, the the whole thing was was like led by the scouts. You know, we we're the ones who who ran the meetings. We're the ones who who came up with what we wanted to do for that meeting, whether it was working on some mm-hmm. merit badge or developing some sort of skill, um, and then you know, planning some camp out. Um, and part of that, you know, assuming responsibility is a big part of that. Um, but discipline also falls falls right in line with that. You know, you got to have that discipline to come, especially as the leader of your troop. Um, you got to have the discipline to to sit down and come with a uh, come up with a plan for that meeting. Or you know, when you're when you're in the in the Appalachian Mountains in <clears throat> mid December, it takes some discipline not to just start bawling your eyes out when it's <laughs> ten degrees raining and you're you're just you know, you're sitting in soaking wet clothing, um, shivering still, in your tent, shivering <laughs> in your tent, and still, you know, trying to survive in in that environment. It takes it takes some discipline and a nice embrace of a warm scout leader, God right, damn Mr. It. <laughs> No, no, uh, no. <laughs> yes. Hey, wait, man. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. No, I was. Uh. I was loving what you're saying. There. I'm sorry, dude. That, that, but that was. I I knew that was coming. I it was just. You a just set of time. me up with a t-ball there. <laughs> no, um, you just said integrity. Yeah. <laughs> just but, takes a little integrity. Just just to add on to that that beautiful statement, Blake is is sports are very similar. You know, I know you guys are scouts. You know, I didn't do scouts. I did sports, and a lot of those lessons that you learn in scouts, I learned in sports, man. I mean, like playing football. You know, there's 11 men on a field. And you have a job every single play, you know, and, and it takes discipline to keep your weight, takes discipline to, you know, do your job on a play, um, all that kind of stuff. So, like, you know, I think it's really important to, like, get involved in something, uh, some yeah. kind of group bigger than yourself, um, you know, to where you can contribute to the team and you can, you know, learn things from others. You can have, an like, an influence, influential role model in your life, um, all that kind of stuff, coaches, scout leaders. Etc. Yeah. That can kind of lead you in the right direction, and and being accountable to teammates, you know, that's another buzzword for uh for manhood is accountability. You know, mm-hmm. so you can learn a lot of those things in your life involuntarily if you just get involved with something bigger than yourself. Yeah, being part of a team is big. Mm-hmm. Where other people count on you. Yeah. Um. Did you guys have anything else on that? I don't. Um, okay, well, let me let me add this then and, and see where you guys are. Um, another thing, and this is kind of not like uh, on the beaten path, I guess, but I want to see what you guys think about this. This is more like biblical masculinity, and we won't get too much into like, you know, this is not a religious podcast. You know, we all have religious values, I think, but, you know, anyway. So um, being a servant, okay, is, is kind of a um, part of, 
a key part of masculinity in the Bible. And, um, you know, basically the way I think of it is, you know, being a servant to the Lord Almighty, but on this earth, being a servant to your wife, being a servant to your community, your family, being a servant to your community. I know servant is like a weird word because it kind of puts you below someone else, but um, that's just like the way I think about it is, is putting yourself below something else for the greater purpose of accomplishing the goal. Um, whether that be, you know, creating a successful family, um, you know, having a great relationship with your wife or, you know, being a contributing member of your community, um, you know, putting yourself below that, putting your ego to the side and, um, serving others is, is a big part of, uh, of being a man. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. Have you heard of the notion of servant leadership? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Essentially servant leadership is definitely something I resonate with. Um, and I think ultimately it's something that, you know, drives people to be even more successful, um, than they would be if they were just working to personally serve themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll just introduce the topic and where I, if I butcher it, uh, feel free to pick it up. Um, but from my understanding, it's essentially the notion that leaders that work to, um, you know, serve those that are under them and ultimately can project a vision and a plan that will ultimately benefit those below them more so than putting their own desires behind the strategy and plan, you know, ultimately work to serve those below them. And some argue that, you know, like they are more successful because of it, because they're able to remove themselves from the equation Mm -hmm. and see how they can generate the most value for the most people below them and in Mm -hmm. terms you know grow more and i i feel like i kind of butchered that but no that makes sense i mean okay think about it in your daily lives okay you run into somebody and you can tell that they're just very self-absorbed. They're very like egotistical, very, you know, like all they care about is themselves talks only about themselves, whatever, just, you know, picture that in your head. Um, Think about how you like, think about that person. You know, you're just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like if they asked me for a favor, I probably wouldn't do anything for them. Think about the person instead that you run into at the grocery store and they are like, Oh my God, how are you doing? Like they just like, you know, really invested in you they're thinking about you and like you know they're just trying to you know get inside your head learn more about you don't like kind of stuff if they called you the next day and said hey man like you know, i'm on a hard times can you help me with this you'd be more likely to help them with that right i think that's kind of the concept there is like you know how people treat us you know if they're self-absorbed then we're gonna be self-absorbed when it comes to helping them i guess yeah kind of like an analogy um yeah it's a mirror yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So those are just kind of, do you have anything else to add before we move on to like the next thing? No, no, I think y'all know that. Yeah. Right on. Well, great. Well, um, you know, those are a few, you know, things that we think about as far as what it means to be a man for us. Um, so we all agree that, you know, masculine masculinity is definitely being challenged, um, suppressed, you know, it's toxic. It's, it's awful, whatever, you know, there's a lot of narratives out there. Um, 
So let's kind of create like an action plan, like going forward, starting with us for taking responsibility um, upon our own own hands. What can we do going forward to uh, to kind of foster healthy masculinity? Um, you know, one thing that we talk about a lot in the show is like, you know, we can only control what we can control. Um, the things in our life, our specific reality, you know, um, what can we do in our lives to kind of foster uh, healthy masculinity and change the world going forward? It's just leading by example. And I keep finding myself uh, whenever we mention masculinity and mixing it with the word leadership. But mm, as absolutely. I've kind of explained with like the family dynamic, that's just kind of how I view the word, you know, um, for lack of a better term, having, you know, the sack to lead a family unit and, you know, make hard decisions and, you know, buck up when you need to buck up, but use empathy when you don't like, and just, you know, learning how to lead um just kind of how i think of it and leading by example and just you know mm. using that and fostering it in everyday life yeah 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 letting your actions speak louder than your words and also just you know, having having a good set of morals to to base your day around and to base your life around um you know try to try to avoid some of the temptations that that you know are going to lead you down down a bad path and you know to set yourself apart or you know set yourself outside of a certain situation um when you you know it might be a controversial a controversial situation and um just fall back on your morals you know think what what would the right thing be to do here um yeah just take responsibility for your actions and, and try to make those actions good actions yeah, remove yourself from the equation and try to think objectively. Yeah. Um, I used the word empathy earlier, and it had me thinking. We've got something on here, a, a term toxic masculinity, and I think this is something, um, especially today, that it's important to talk about. And it, it's getting some more, um, you know, light shed on it. Um, but so toxic masculinity, what is that? Um, what does it mean? So the way I think of it, and you know, after some Google searches, um, it's pretty much how men are thought of uh, traditionally. And I always think of like a hardened, you know, Vietnam veteran about toxic masculinity. The guy that is an emotional void, you know, <laughs> he was taught to suck it up and stop bitching and get something done. And, you know, stop being a wuss. <laughs> Feelings make you weak. Um, you need to be hard. You need to be, you know, battle-ridden, like, you know, ready to go um, and stop, you know, crying or stuff like that, you know. So it's mm -hmm. erasing the emotion from man, essentially, is how I think of it. Um, and I think, you know, as a leader, trying to completely erase, erase emotions and you can't think objectively all the time. And part of having empathy is understanding how humans make decisions and that it's not always rational. And some people, a lot of people, quite frankly, are emotionally driven. So, you know, understanding that um, when being a leader and when trying to, you know, portray masculinity. Well said. 
Um, if you want, if you want any uh, evidence of people not always thinking with rationale, um, go watch the 2020 um, presidential ad campaigns. Go watch the commercials, and you tell me if those commercials are preaching logic or if they're um, if if it's uh, pathos or if it's ethos. You tell me because I'm <laughs> it. Ninety nine percent of them are appealing right to your emotions, um, because that's just how human nature is. We our emotions trigger this thing in our brain that makes us pay attention, and uh, logic is sometimes hard to come by. Um, so well said, Brian. I think uh, empathy is a is a big thing. Um, but you don't want too much empathy. I think you said it right, though. Like, you, you don't want too much empathy to where you're always in someone else's head. You need to balance it so that you understand where someone else is coming from so that you can find a solution um, to a problem or, you know, have whatever it is that you need to do in that situation. It's a big part of leadership, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, balance Balance <laughs> is very healthy in being in the healthy masculine. Like, uh, you know, you got to be confident. Like I think Brian was saying with, uh, you know, what that idea of maybe toxic masculinity might be the, like a traditional masculine, you got, got to be super confident, but I mean, in reality, you also got to have a lot of humility to be, you know, a servant leader. Um, so it's, it's all about balance. And I think understanding that is what makes, you know, a, a healthy, uh, man. And, you know, part of that's knowing your morals, like Blake was saying, you know, knowing your morals and your principles and being and standing by them uh, and, you know, basing your actions off of those morals and principles um, to be a leader, to take responsibility. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, it's like, you know, we should all be doing what the, uh, the motto of every police force is, serve and protect. You know, we should all be doing that as men. So that's, that's another thing. Like I was saying with like grocery stores and the agricultural revolutions, like that's a responsibility that we pushed off. Like, uh, you know, I'm not responsible for bringing home food. I'm just, you know, I'll go, I bring home the money and go just get the food. You know, I'm not responsible for, you know, serving and protecting, you know, we have the police to do that. So I think it, it falls on every man's shoulders to do that really. So it's about, it's about accepting that responsibility. Like, um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, I feel like you guys have, have said everything that, that's been kind of on my mind. Um, yeah, yeah I don't really know what Let's to do add. this. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned earlier, like role models, um, mm-hmm. who can y'all think of, I mean, you can't. You probably have multiple, honestly, with different facets of uh, your childhood, growing up, stuff like that. But who were your role models that y'all think embodied, you know, what it meant to be a man or a leader, really? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll start off. Um, you know, I think, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a large family. I've got a lot of men in my family that I've been able to look up to my whole life. Um, I would say... I'm going to you choose multiple here. My dad, grandfather, and uncle um, all offer completely different, like, like points of learning there. Like, my dad's a tough ass, so I look up, look up to him for that way. You know, don't let it, no one treads on me. My grandfather's a people person. He 
every, you you love him when you meet him. Like he's just one of those guys. He just creates a sense of just like love and and uh, whenever he's around you. And then my uncle, just because he's the brainiac, he's the uh, the uh, entrepreneur, he's the money man. Um, so he's just he thinks so creatively, uh, and he has such a different worldview, just like that I've looked up to um, my whole life. So I would say those three for me. What about you guys? Probably my, my dad mainly. I mean, anyone who knows me and, and my family knows that I'm I'm very similar to my dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, dude. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was I was fortunate to have uh, my dad around um, very often. He was very involved in in my life. Um, yeah, that's looked up to yeah. him mainly growing up. Right on. Yeah, I'd say my dad too, for sure. Um, you know, I, not I didn't necessarily have a grandfather around uh, enough, um, and then I, my uncle, I definitely always considered him when I was thinking about you know like a vision of like what a man's supposed to be or like maybe how I should act. So uncle, uh, and then like I said earlier, sports like athletes and stuff. Yeah, you know, I remember one guy I remember looking up to a lot growing up was like Peyton Manning. Oh yeah. Uh, and I know, I know you got Brett Favre up on your wall over there. I'm sure. Hell yeah, dude. I didn't even, ways. Mm-hmm. I did not even mention my boy Brett, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, I think that's, that's a great question. That'd be, I think like, that's a huge yeah. thing. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the saying, you know, you are who you hang out with. Um, right. You could probably align that with you are who you look up to. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's huge. Before we move on, I'll, I'll give mine real quick. Um, so I've got three and all three kind of hit on different pillars that have been like very fundamental and important mm-hmm. to me. Um, a lot of which you don't like really appreciate or even see the manifestation until you're older more matured and aware of the things that you know make you who you are um so the first and foremost is easily mike manzer he wow 100 completely embodies the servant leadership mentality um i mean he was literally our scout troop leader like growing up like so anything um you know, growing up, I just remember going to scouts, and at the time, I was definitely a little shithead, didn't appreciate it as much. <laughs> I was definitely bitching about going to Philmont, oh, <laughs> going out in New Mexico to backpack. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but, like, looking back now, it's like, holy shit, can I go redo that again? Like, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and Mike was always there. Like, he was always the one orchestrating that, laying the foundation of uh, for what, you know, Blake, Connor, my brothers, me, the Bowmans, like, knew to be, like, a leader. Like, he was the one that instilled that foundation um, and laid that groundwork for us. And, like, you, you don't realize that until you look back on it. So that was definitely, first and foremost, um, would be Mike Manzer. The second one, and I was talking about, you know, not realizing it until looking back, but it definitely was my dad and I got definitely my like personality personality slash humor from him 
Um, my dad was a little fucker yeah. at times, and I can definitely be that way. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and he he had his own like pitfalls. I mentioned, you know, like alcoholism stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff behind the curtain that people don't know until you know you open up and talk about it. Um, so I got to see somebody who constantly like fought their demons day in and day out and you know saw what it's like to battle with that side like that darker side and you know how you get through that and then also his just raw intelligence i don't think i got all of it but i think i got some of it uh, <laughs> and you know even 40 percent of that's good enough for me because he was just a wizard um <laughs> And just like his ability to, you know, conduct business and stuff like that. I mean, he wasn't an entrepreneur or anything like that. Um, but like his ability to travel to China for two months at a time, go be away from his family and still deliver results, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so definitely my dad there. And then the third and last, and I know I'm taking a minute on this, but definitely want to paint a good picture so the third would be a mix oh shit i probably have four now because <laughs> do four not <laughs> mention my uncle john Keep going um so he's kind of the one he works on cars up in uh detroit and saying he works on cars is a disservice he's a huge <laughs> mechanic um wow. Works on Viper engine stuff like that. I was on the design team for the Hellcat engine for Dodge. So damn, just like crazy. Like anytime I want to go talk to cars, it's about it's with him. Um, and just one of like the most humble, like nice, innocent people I've ever met. Uh, so empathy, definitely get that from him. Um, and then the last, so that would be my dad and uncle's dad. So my grandfather, uh, Grandpa Don. Uh, two things here, um, taking care of his health. My grandparents, they're like in their eighties, dude. And I swear they look like they just retired and are just now wow. taking social security. Wow. That's um, good. That's great. So crazy good genes there. And then also the idea of legacy is he embodies mm. that. So my grandpa and grandma, they did it well. Um, they're, Definitely. I wouldn't say they're like crazy wealthy, but, you know, they were steadfast with their finances. They, they didn't screw around when it came to that. Um, but then they also knew how to enjoy it. So like every kid in my family, I think I have like 14, they have 14 grandchildren and gross. And so every kid, I think it was like your 11th birthday, you get to go on a trip somewhere and it's just you and them. And it's a whole week. Um, so like, just like the connection you get with your grandparents, like from that is really huge. So like they did a good job building that family dynamic and that legacy. And then my grandpa in his retirement, he has a tractor for every grandchildren that he, or grandchild that he worked on and restored and stuff. And wow. he has this compound out in Nebraska where we all go, you know, for Thanksgiving, stuff like that. And we go and do this annual tractor parade, like the whole family. So I know I hit a lot on that, um, but just to sum it up. So it would be Mike Manzer, easily for servant leadership. Uh, he fully embodies that. 
my dad just for his ability to be raw and just himself, but then also be resilient. Uh, my uncle John for his empathy and just, you know, good natureness. That's even a word. Uh, <laughs> and then my grandpa for the ability to have a legacy, you know, wow. a vision to project on your family. Dude. I can't believe I was about to cut you off. That was the best part of the podcast. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I was I, it's it's awesome. Just <laughs> nah, dude. It was it was awesome. Just because like everything that you were saying. Like first off, it was just awesome hearing that perspective on your life. But it was all applicable to my life. You know, like here, you know, hearing you say things about your family, and then I'm thinking about things in my family. Goofy ass things about my family. So yeah, awesome. yeah. that was that, that was definitely the best part of the podcast. So. I, Thank you for asking that question. Um, anything else, guys? Y'all ready to wrap up? Uh, uh, what we want to do for future generations. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, kind of role <laughs> models you. we want to be. Yeah. Um, so, since I'm yabbering right now, I guess I'll go ahead and talk. Um, you know, I know we're all going to say we all want to start a family. Um, so, I'll start us off by saying that. Like, that's definitely a huge priority for me. I want to start a family i want to be head of my household i want to lead i want to build a legacy i actually wrote that word down brian um just because i think that's awesome i think that's so paramount is building a legacy you know leaving the world better than you found it and um i think that comes with starting a family um and being and just having a vision like we've talked about in the past about what you want to do um so that's awesome i love that um but as far as like an action plan goes, you know, one thing that I'm really trying to, you know, kind of work on and take into action is uh, becoming a mentor and role model uh, for others, trying to get involved in my community. Um, and I guess really what I've been doing, like off the bat, like I mentioned, I've got a big family. So just trying to like really take, you know, my siblings, taking my cousins, um, some of my younger family members just under my wing and just like really developing true relationships with them and like just getting closer, being there for them, asking them questions about what they want to do with their future, trying to pass some wisdom, whatever, whatever wisdom I got, not much. And, uh, and just some things off to them. So that's one thing I'm really trying to do right now. And, you know, in the future, maybe near future, I want to be a, a coach. I want to coach a little league team and, <laughs> and just, you know, uh, pass on, you know, just, just pass on some stuff there and just, just be involved in the community, be involved in church, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of for me, man. I just want to be a role model and just, and uh, pass down some wisdom and be a role model because I had plenty before me that helped me out and guided me along the way. What about you guys? Yeah. Mentorship's huge for me. Um, I was lucky in that like my fraternity had a good um, mentorship program, which is something mm -hmm. you don't really hear about in today's age. Um, so a lot of good leaders before me and then after me too. Um, so you have the mentorship and then the mentee relationship. So I've been on both sides and they're both so different, but amazing at the same time. Um, I actually, I'm meeting with one of my mentors, I think Thursday over lunch, just doing a zoom cause you know, COVID shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I love being on the other side of it now and actually having some substance to, and then also life experience to go and help those that are in the shoes I was in two, three years ago. So. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I also definitely, you know, uh, want to start a family, uh, be involved in my, in my kids' lives and, and, and also be involved in the community. I think that's, I think that's super important. Um, Lord knows what, what scouting is going to be like in the future, but if it's not a complete shithole, uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to get my, my children, children involved in that just cause I, I think it, it was so impactful on my life. Um, mm. Yeah, just you know, doing what you can to um, to help other people out, to to share, like you said, Garrett, share your wisdom, um, whenever whenever that comes in bits and pieces, I'm sure. Um, but just just give back in in whatever way that you can, you know, be there be there to help people out, um, you know, teach teach people things. That's a super important thing. Um, you know, being an instructor right now, I'm, I'm learning how to do that. Um, yeah, just you know, doing doing what you can to help other people out, help your family out. Uh, yeah. yeah, awesome. Definitely. Uh, yeah, same thing. Start a family. Yeah, that's that's number one. Like I said, I think that's very important um, for everybody. You know, getting biblical a little bit, like you were saying, Garrett. Uh, you know, one of our our commands from God is to be fruitful and multiply. So I think that's a big resp- responsibility he places on our shoulders, uh, a command he gave us to, to be fruitful and multiply, you know, and if you can't, you can't make kids, you know, some people can't, then, then you do it another way. You're being fruitful in your community, uh, multiplying the resources around you, stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think that's, you know, hearing that about, you know, your relationship with Mike, uh, Blake's dad, um, makes me think about the different things I want to do being involved, not only in my kids' lives, but then in their friends' lives and being somebody just in the community. That's a good, you know, masculine role model. So, you know, my dad, you know, helped coach different sports teams growing up. So I was able to see that, see him do that and do a great job at it. Um, And then and then, like you said, uh, the, with the, uh, the sports teams, you know, everyone has a, a role to play. And when we think about our roles as men, every man has multiple roles, you know, not fathers yet, but that'll be a role one day. We're sons right now. We're brothers. Um, we all are. Yeah. So I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> we're all brothers. Um, you know, we're all sons, you know. Um, some of us are significant others. So you got to think about your roles and prioritize and, and make sure you're considering everybody. And that's part of, you know, being a, a good man and a, and a good man that knows his roles. Yeah. yeah. I think my action plan would be, and I won't go on another tangent. It'll be a relatively concise this time, but as I mentioned, um, you know, my family dynamic and how it exists today, but just, trying to be that role model for my brothers, whether it's intentional or not, just setting a good example for them because, you know, they're, they're college age, dude. They don't want their older brother telling them how to do shit. But by, like I mentioned earlier, leading by example and setting a good example for them, I can inadvertently do that. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, I, I think we all agree starting a family eventually my plan looks a little differently than 
probably waiting until my 30s. I mean, it's going to be at least 10 years for me. But finding a way in the interim, You say that. You say that you'll be the exactly. first one to have a kid. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not possible, but next it year be my choice. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but like finding a way in the interim to give others purpose. And a lot of mm-hmm. that is with starting the business I want to start, stuff like that. And, you know, being fruitful in that way and growing that way. So, yeah. Awesome. Discipline, responsibility, finding your purpose, giving others purpose. Integrity. 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 That's what it means, boys. If it's important, if it's, if it's up to us, that's what it means. Um, guys, this has been one of my favorite podcasts we've done yet. Uh, honestly thought we had some, thought you guys, yeah, yeah, I thought you guys had some really cool perspective and, uh, Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, this is Bonafide Talk. We will see you guys. Yeah, next wait, wait, time. wait, 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 real oh. quick, real quick, real quick. Okay. Did you end it? You didn't end it, did you? No, you, you forgot one part when you were listening to things on responsibility, all the stuff uh, that you mentioned earlier. Another thing you were saying was gratitude. Oh yeah, so thank it's you. It's always important to be to be grateful for what we have and where it came from, and, and all that. Yeah. So thank you, Holy. everyone that's watching. Yes. Thank you guys for being here with me tonight. Grateful for you. I'm glad we could all come together and, and I make love this you. happen tonight. <laughs> that was love creepy, boys. That was really creepy. <laughs> love you, boys. <laughs> all right, fellas. We're, we're grateful for uh, each other, and we're grateful for you guys tuning in to listen. Um, this is just fuck that outro. <laughs> Cheers. See ya. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.